These are the target files. Discussing the novelizations and audiobooks of classic and now also new series Doctor Who stories. Looking through the eyes of adulthood at our childhood memories. After all, a great Time Lord once said, there's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish some of the time. Hello faithful listeners, welcome back to Doctor Who Target Files after a two month busy with work and all sorts of other things gap. I know, we're back, we've been trapped in an alternative universe. Yes, I'm here with Lee, episode 99. One away from 100. From the biggie. But uh, we spoke about this a few months back as it was a new release then and we're going to chat about the Blu-ray season 23 collection, bit of a special this time, Colin Baker's Trial of a Time Lord season. Lee, you got a chance to watch a bit of this, I think. You've been a busy man lately. I have. Um, I did get to watch... I watched sections of it. I watched some of the extra material, as I mentioned before we started recording. I'm not really a big fan of when they transfer old TVs to Blu-ray. It's. I think it makes them become too shiny. When I bought Star Trek The Next Generation on Blu-ray, I was so excited. to go. It's going to look amazing. It's going to be really shiny. And it's like, yes, it's too shiny, and it's taking away, and I spend the majority of the time just going i can't watch this and that was one of the reasons why i haven't bought any of the doctor who i've bought some of the newer ones from you know 2005 when it came, when it came back but the older ones where it was recorded on video i just don't think it transfers well but this was a lovely box set. i can't take anything away for it the extras were fantastic but for me i I like it to look a little bit grainy as it did when we when we used to watch it on, t- on TV, or rather you used to watch it on TV, and I refused to watch it on TV. Over to the 18 for me, well, I think by that point, but I do remember watching a few of these stories on broadcast back in uh, autumn 1986, and I want to bring up that point again he said about um, transfers. I think one of the worst for makeup showing up is um, Star Trek The Motion Picture and William Shatner looking various shades of orange and pink. More so than Back to the Future. Possibly the scenes when he goes back to the 50s, I think you're referring to, aren't you? Yeah. Where you can really tell that Michael J. Fox is caked in makeup. I will watch Back to the Future when it comes on TV. I won't watch the Blu rays. The Blu rays have been sitting on my shelf since they came out. I watched them once and I've never gone back to them. Even the digital copy that I have on iTunes, that's kind of bad that I've got numerous copies of Back to the Future. But it's one of those films where. I like having numerous copies just in case. Because only in the last few years I threw out um, my last video recorder player and I still had Back to the Future recorded from BBC One Christmas Day 1988, which I managed to... We've mentioned the show before, Cinema Attractions, back in the day before all the online access to trailers... 
3 in the morning on a Friday in the UK, I used to get the top 10 films in America, and that's when I first saw the trailer for part 2, and I managed to tape it after the end of part 1. And it's also the first time we saw the trailer for Terminator 2, if I remember rightly. Yeah. I stayed up late and recorded it and watched it over and over again. Fantastic show. Steve Marsh, the presenter. <laughs> Why did I think it was Casey Kasem? Didn't he present America's it? Top 10, that was the... In a similar time slot, the records, wasn't it? The music. I thought, for some reason, I thought he did the the cinema one, or maybe he'd done one or two episodes anyway. He may have, but, you know, four minutes in and we're going way off again. <laughs> yeah, well, our listeners now expect um, that. Did you get to see the opening model shot, Trial of a Time Lord, which is very famous? No, I did not. Uh, if you get a chance to look at it, mate, it's spectacular and it looks... Uh, it's been put as an extended version on this Blu-ray set. For a BBC budget at the time, it still looks out of this world, really, as there's a big zoom in to the um, the trial room spaceship. Now that they are going to... Obviously, they are going to start transferring all of the seasons onto Blu-ray over time. Can you see yourself buying them all? I know some of them have gone ridiculously high in price. I think I saw one for like £175, which... No, I wouldn't. They're going to have to... Uh bolster a lot of the Hartnell and Troughton ones with animations now. There does seem to be more animations coming. Didn't they announce there's going to be another one quite recently? Maybe a Troughton in the next few months? Um, Animation-wise, yeah, sorry, the faceless ones. Yeah. I was thinking of a box set. I, I was just throwing you off, throwing you a curveball, see if you could you could catch it. Yeah. <laughs> but stories-wise, um, the first one's called The Mysterious Planet. What I've written down here on the notes is a great cameo by Joan Sims of Carry On Fame playing a warrior princess. <laughs> This this week, in the last couple of days, we've had another Warrior Princess trailer come out, haven't we? I mean, diverting off again, we've had Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, that looks fantastic, as does Black Widow. Yes, it does. I thought the Mysterious Planet story put up quite well. I mean, we'll probably skim to the stories and talk more about the extras, I think. You know, that's got a fantastic guest cast in terms of um, Joan Sims. And then we get Brian Blessed in Mind Whoop. Perry's last story, which does get a lot of criticism because uh, it's backtracked at the end and she didn't actually die, and it's such a impressive death, really, in the story itself. From beginning to end, since the I think I've seen it twice. I own it on blue on DVD, not Blu-ray, and it's just one of the things that it's it's a marathon to go back yeah. and watch. It's not just one storyline; it's numerous storylines that I just don't have the time. And they put a few new edits onto this. Put up the third story, Terror of the Vervoids, without any of the trial scenes in. Now uh, that's gone down pretty well with people. I enjoyed that. Do you think um, this will improve uh, Colin's uh, people's opinion of Colin as a Doctor on now that they can get the Blu-rays and you've got a new generation of people that will watch Doctor Who and that go back, you know, the millennials that, that have enjoyed Doctor Who as a children and now they've still enjoyed it as an adult? I hope so. I mean, I hope so. A lot of the adults our age and older are still stuck in their ways and the fact they despised it at the time, they still hate it now. Yeah, also a lot of those those adults also hate Jodie as, as a doctor because she's not a woman. She's not a woman, she's not a man. Yeah, and to be fair, you know, certain people of our age, like me, realise they don't listen to a lot of Big Finish, but Big Finish has probably been of the most benefit to Colin and Sylvester and Paul McGann, really, in terms of Paul getting more stories and the other two getting uh, much better stories than... I have enjoyed the ones I've listened to the most of the Paul McGann's. I I mentioned on this on the podcast before that Big Finish for me never really gets going. You're never left by the end of one episode going, oh, mate, that's an amazing cliffhanger. It's like, all right, fair enough, let's go on to the next one. But Paul McGann was almost my favourite Doctor. 
and to just get him to have more stories was fantastic. One I did binge with Big Finish was a box set I bought at Regenerations Con a few years ago. That was the first Diary of River song. And I found that one really impressive and wanted to listen to, I think, all four stories in a row. Alex Kingston back? Yeah, she was back as well. Oh, that's cool. He was at Wales Comic Con, which was held in England over the weekend. Yes, it was. They had they had quite a few people there, not just yeah, Doctor Who. David they, uh, Tennant and Matt Smith and a couple of the guys and girls from <coughs> Stranger Things. Ironically enough, I was watching the Inbetweeners reunion and they brought up how Matt Smith was almost one of the cast and they decided to go against him. Ah, fair and enough. There was someone else. Who would he have been? I imagine he would have probably been Simon. Different take on it. I if they were imagine- planning for Matt... I couldn't imagine him being Jay or Neil. That possibly wouldn't have been the Doctor then if he'd got that. Yeah, and I wonder who we would have got then. Maybe Brian, but Brian Blessed. Yeah, perhaps at the time. <laughs> I still think he'd be a great Doctor now. I think over time this story has improved for me. I think it's a, a decent one to put out on Blu-ray, possibly early. I think in the planning schedule they put a Tom one out first and then... A Peter Davison box set out second, then another Tom one. And, and John Pertwee. John Pertwee, yeah. So they sort of put it in the middle of the range. You know, It may not be the most popular one on paper amongst fandom, but story-wise, I think they hold up pretty well for their time now. Yeah, that's good. What did you make of any extras? Did you get to see any? I watched a few of the extras. I, I also went for the newer extras rather than the ones that are already on the DVDs. Those were enjoyable. The conversation with... Bonnie, La- Bonnie Langford. She looks very different now to when she was the doctor's assistant. I found her quite attractive when I met her at uh, Big Finish Day a few years ago. When she was in EastEnders recent in the last couple of years, I thought you're a lot more attractive now than when you when you were the doctor's assistant in the eighties. Yeah, and well, we remember her from sort of the Just William when she was a child star, you know, and the horrible screams. I think it was an ITV series. I'll take your word for it. Let us know, listeners, at DW Target Files. I just always remember her being on TV on things like Blankety Blank. Yeah. I knew she was something... She always seemed to be very sort of stagey and theatrical then, but as we've seen in EastEnders and the Big Finish play, she has has got a lot more range. She always reminded me of someone like Wincy Willis. Yes. There's a name from the past for me, you know. Very jolly sort of person, yeah. Yeah. Did you get to see the Doctor Who cookbook? Um, I heard extra? about that. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really look at it. What were the other? Um, what were the extras that you did manage to get through, mate? Uh, the main one was the in conversation that I and I looked at some of the unseen studio footage as well, which was again quite interesting. But I just didn't have the time to just watch every single bit of it. Yeah, My because three-year-old takes up quite a lot of time. I can imagine you don't want to be inflicting this story on him. <laughs> and I've got no. Can you turn the channel over? No, I want, I want to watch Ben 10. <laughs> all right, okay, okay. And then by the time night time comes, I'm usually fast asleep. So what did you think of all of the extras? Uh, very good. A lot were transferred over from the DVD box set. There's a great hour-long one about Colin's whole uh, tenure in the role and the sort of machinations about what happened. And uh, I've always felt it was quite harsh on him that the BBC, the executives, said to John Nathan-Turner, the producer, um, basically, we'll bring the show back next year in 1987 um, but we want a new doctor so he had to uh, phone up Colin and tell him and he decided to phone him up and tell him and say I've got good news and bad news what do you want me to start with and Colin said oh you decide he said oh I'll start with the good news the show's coming back next year bad news is it's not with you (laughs) 
that's a very David Brent thing to do. You can understand having to make that call wouldn't have been too great, would it? His job was to keep the show running if it's going to be with someone different. Those those rules probably still apply to this day. Yes. You know, they have budgets they've got to manage and everything like that. And if, if something's just not working, they get rid of them. And Jodie has now said uh, she's going to do season 13, which will delight some of the man babies out there. Yeah. <laughs> I saw on Twitter the other, the other day someone saying that they were going to really enjoy season 13. I'm like, Hang on, isn't it season 12? Oh, something about weekly reviews, wasn't it? That's it. I don't know if Lee's going to watch it on broadcast. As we said, he's a very busy man, so I, I might be will. doing weekly video reviews, mate. But oh, on, on on the YouTube, on the tube of the U, yeah. Yeah, make sure other other means. Yeah, make sure you you get the camera just right. Have you ever watched some of the reviews that are on YouTube? Yes, I saw one. I saw one. I've I've watched some of his videos. He doesn't get a lot of views, but usually it's just his forehead. Or just an eye and a nose. Oh, okay. Centre the camera a bit better. Mm. Yes, indeed. Um, Covers-wise, you've had a chance to look at the I did. artwork, I think, is a gentleman called Lee Binding. What do you make of that style? Any reminiscent of any sort of comic book or anything you can think of? Any style? No, I, I think I like the sort of clamshell case that it comes in. Reminds me very much of a video. Yes. The old... Or sort of cross between a book or a video. Do you remember the old um, video cases that you could have that looked like old books? Yeah, you've still got one upstairs. Yeah, it reminds me of that. It's it's very nice. Whether I know this is why it's pull, pushed a lot of the prices up and it's made them so collectible is because they're like this. Yes. I think if I do ever get round to buying it, which is unlikely, it'll be in CEX with a scuffed corner. Oh, of course, <laughs> it will. Big dents and things missing yeah. out of it. Speaking of which, I saw one of the other ones that were in that was available. I think it was a Tom one. They had in there for like eighty pounds. They are going up on eBay. Um, the first season twelve limited edition one. It's been reported somebody was asking nine hundred nine hundred pounds for it on eBay. Would you pay nine hundred pounds for a Blu-ray? I'd sell it for that much, but <laughs> yeah, of course, of course you would. If that went up to nine hundred pounds, would you sell it? Um, yes, As- yes, especially <laughs> considering you're going to Gallifrey next year. I am the not whole- the planet, but <laughs> well, maybe if I uh, yeah. if I do enough uh, hard substances in LA. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm all booked for LA now, folks. Yeah, and the hotels are booked, the flights are booked. Might see some of you there. The trial of a time lord. How would you uh, maybe score? Should you give this a bit of a score just overall for what you saw on the packaging and everything? Um, for what for what it is for the price that you paid, I think it's it's very good, and I would score it very highly. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it you know at least a solid eight, maybe even a nine. I know for people listening, that's not the greatest review considering I didn't watch most of it. <laughs> that's okay. But yes, if you haven't got it and you can get it cheaply enough, I'd highly recommend it. Then oh, but one thing I would say is this. If you've got the DVD, just stick with the DVDs. You're not missing that much. Uh, yes, and you'll be paying quite a lot now unless you got it in the first batch. Yeah. They said they are going to bring out Season 12, the first Blu-ray release. Again, Tom Baker, because it was a limited edition run and people are getting ridiculous amounts for it now on eBay. That's one thing that always really annoys me about, not just like with BBC, because they are really wringing the last few pennies out of Doctor Who that they possibly can. Mm. But with anyone going, this is a limited edition. What you mean? Because it's got packaging. I'm not twelve. Going, oh look, yeah. There's a bag of cement that's got Star Wars on it. I've got to have it. <laughs> and you know it's going to come out on some format again in the future, don't you? It might yeah, be years away, is. but they re-release Sharda because that was a limited release as well, wasn't it? Yeah, well, this was like a new version. You know, they yeah. had animated it for the first time. 
Yeah, so with the extra scene with Tom Baker as he is now on the end. You know, this is going to be a limited release. Go, yep, or you can just buy it as a digital download, which will still be there a year or two afterwards, which it was. Absolutely, dude. And uh, Doctor Who news, we finally have the date for series 12. It's uh, January the 1st. First so, episode, Spyfall Part 1, and the second episode, returning to its Sunday slot on the 5th. Guest starring uh, Stephen Fry, Sir Lenworth Henworth, Lenny Henry. Yes. And um, that's the episode I saw being filmed at the Guildhall here in Swansea, where I met Jodie back in February. We've had a trailer for it. What did you think? Quite impressed. Um, I think Jodie's possibly toned down her performance a bit. Because we had a clip on the uh, Graham Norton show in the UK. She was on the other night as well. Oh, was she? I didn't see yeah, that. With, the, with The Rock and Kevin Hart Ch- from Jumanji. Yeah. I usually catch up with Graham Norton yeah. on YouTube just by watching a series yeah. of clips. And The Rock actually asked to be in an episode of Doctor Who. That would be incredible. That would be awesome. He tried to put Kevin Hart forward as well, but he wasn't so keen. <laughs> Speaking of Kevin Hart and The Rock, I saw them in Jumanji on, on the weekend. Along with Karen's legs, you lucky thing. Yes, Karen's legs. It was a very enjoyable film again. A friend of mine had been in hospital, and this was the first time he was going out. And he said, do you fancy going to see Jumanji? And I was like, yes, okay. If you enjoyed the first one, I mean the first one with those in, not the Robin Williams one, you'll enjoy this one. Still not seen that first one, so... You've still not seen the first... No. Considering much of a big Karen Gillan fan <laughs> you are, you haven't seen the first Jumanji. That's the worrying thing. Um, yeah, and we also went to see a great movie. Um, he's been nominated for a Golden Globe today for it. Daniel Craig, Knives Out. Which was which was fantastic, because on this podcast, you're the bigger Doctor Who fan, I'm the bigger Star Wars fan, and the Star Wars fandom wanted Knives Out to fail miserably because they saw him as you know destroying the Star Wars franchise, which, let's be honest, he didn't. Lots of other people have destroyed that. It was a fantastic film. It was it was a it was a modern day clue. It really was, yeah. So like well layered, wasn't it? And so many amazing performances and directions. You know, putting together something like that is is one hell of a skill, one hell of an art. I saw uh, someone I know went to see it, and he said the one thing they didn't like about it was Daniel Craig's southern accent, which I thought was perfectly fine. He just blended into it, didn't he? I remember those early scenes where he's. Not really a spoiler, he's watching people being interrogated in the background. My brain was thinking, why is James Bond sitting there with a grey seat on in the back? Yeah. But then he soon sort of morphs really into uh, Columbo, I thought. Yeah, I mean, and that segues very nicely into we finally had a James Bond trailer. Yeah, No Time to Die, also featuring Anna de Arnas from uh, Knives Out as well. And Rami Malek. What did you think of that? Very, very interesting. Uh, There's a lot of speculation now because... The sort of villain's lair, where um, Rami Malek's character, who's known as Safin, I think, initially anyway, um, speaks to Daniel Craig, interrogates him, is very much like uh, the one in Doctor No. So people are wondering whether he is Doctor No. Possibly. Every time I see Rami Malek now, I just see Freddie Mercury. Yeah, I do expect him to start um, bursting out into song. That reminded me of something else. Have you been watching his Dark Materials? Um, I haven't. I did watch The War of the Worlds, which I really enjoyed, but I haven't got brown to his dark materials yet. Is it any good? Yes, I'm, I am thoroughly enjoying it. Um, just the one thing I'm going to call... you got the adventurer in the story, Lee Scoresby, played by Sam Elliott in the movie from about ten years ago. I don't want to be that that guy. I've read the Philip Pullman books. Yeah. I just haven't watched this. I've seen The Golden Compass, ironically, with... Daniel uh, Craig. With Daniel Craig. 
but I just haven't got round to it. I will get round to it. As long as I play, it doesn't wipe them, and then I just have to buy them. Yeah, I was saying that you got Lin-Manuel Miranda, the creator of Hamilton, the musical. Right. Who actually plays the Sam Elliott role of Lee Scoresby. And he's got what I call barmanitis. Whenever they do a serious role, you expect them to burst into song at any minute. <laughs> Every time I see Elon Musk now, I can't not see John Barrowman with a hangover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I am thoroughly enjoying it. One thing that has disappointed me as it's gone along is Daphne Keane, really good in Logan. Right. She's like the main uh, Lyra Bellatrix, is it? The main the little girl. character. She's become very sort of unrealistic as the series has gone on. Not shown that much of a range. I suppose Logan was a much darker piece. Perhaps um, it wasn't stretching her acting capability, Logan, but um, she's she's letting it down really for me at the moment. Really? Other things like Ruth Wilson, um, Nicole Kidman role in the film. She's absolutely superb again. Brilliant. And Luther as well has the psychotic Alice. Yeah. And Wait, is she in it? Yeah, she's... Uh, oh, she's definitely the, watch it then. She's the Nicole Kidman role from... I know. And something else that you and I both went to, going back to Doctor Who, we went to see the rather fantastic Mr. Frank Skinner. Yes, Perkins himself from uh, the Capaldi episode, Mummy on the Orient Express. Yeah. And he was very funny. I've uh, been waited a long few decades to see Frank live. Uh, yes, in fact, this is my third attempt. That was my third attempt at seeing Frank Skinner live. Two different tickets for two different tours, and I couldn't go either time. So nothing was going to make me not go this time especially because he said it might be his last tour you know he is 62 now 62 now yeah I don't know whether you ever listen to him to his show that he does yes every every episode yeah will always drop in that he's listening to something to do with Doctor Who he's obviously a huge fan yeah well he mentioned it once in the show didn't he he just said that how in his younger days if his wife went away somewhere he'd uh, be all about partying and drinking and going out and all he wants to do now is watch Doctor Who and watch football if yeah. she ever goes away for a few days. Which is what most people want to do. Yeah, and I've started listening to the Bud Pod, it's called, with um, his warm-up act, Pierre Novelli. The other comedian is called Phil Wang. Have you heard of him? I've heard of Phil Wang, yeah. Because Phil Wang's on that um, It Was Alright in the 70s, 80s show, isn't he? I know Phil Wang from being on panel shows such as um, 8 Up 10 Cats, Does Countdown. Yeah. He's been on Mock the Week a few times, and he was also, I don't know whether you've, whether you've ever seen it, it's Roast Battle, which is on Amazon Prime. Right, yeah, I've seen a few of those. Those, which I a lot of people don't like, but I thought they were quite funny. So what, what else have you been watching and listening to? I've been doing a bit of a marathon, and the run-up to uh, Midnight Screening I'm going to of Episode Nine, Star Wars. So I got to Rogue One and then New Hope over the weekend. So, so I've got four films to go before uh, a week Wednesday night in the UK. So you've got ten days um, to get them all in. Do you think you're going to manage it? Yeah, I think I might skip the Ewok films this time. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, The Mandalorian isn't all out yet, so we can't fit it in between that gap. No, But I have true. been loving that show, Lee. But obviously you haven't seen it because we're in the UK uh, and... Flights are cheap nowadays. We fly over, don't yeah, we? Yeah, every, every week we fly over just yeah. to watch um, someone's Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And... Uh, do you want to speak about something else, Star Wars, that might be coming up, mate? Yes, I do. Faithful listeners, Mike and I will be doing a new podcast all about Star Wars because one thing the world needs is another Star Wars podcast that we will re- be recording within the next week. And we will be putting out the first episode the day after the, the Rise of Skywalker. Mike is going to see the midnight showing. 
I am going to see the midnight show and I'm, I'm lying to myself. I was, Mike and I were talking about going and I said, I've got a ticket for a triple bill, but I'm too old and I'll be too tired. I took the day off on the Thursday so I can watch the, I'm going to go because, so yes, I'm going to have nearly eight hours of sitting in a cinema watching seven, eight and nine. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but yes, as we come out of the cinema, we will be recording our first reactions to exactly what we thought, thought of The Rise of Skywalker. And I have now started to uh, marathon the James Bond films one a week up ahead of Craig. So I've done Doctor No and From Russia With Love so far. And I think From Russia With Love is probably still my favourite Connery film. I mean, a lot of people say Goldfinger, don't they? But I just think that one's a bit more compact. It's only sort of one hour, 55 minutes, where as most of the others are over two hours. I'm going to say Doctor No is still my favourite Connery. The The very original... I do really enjoy. Well, I've been re-watching Endeavour from Series 1. I'm now back up to Series 4, listening to the radio show Cabin Pressure, which also stars Roger Allen, Alam, Benedict Cumberbatch, Stephanie Cole, and John Finnemore, who also writes it, which I've really been enjoying. It's something that came up on my Audible recommends it's like you might enjoy this i didn't know what it was did they ever try and transfer it to tv because was it on the radio before the likes of cumberbatch were sort of marvel famous and says it came sherlock famous 2008 right so that would be just before sherlock yeah probably the year it was filmed or yeah so it was it was around the time so he wasn't famous I mean Roger Allen has always been a famous stage yeah. stage actor who I'm hoping to go and see next year in a play up in London which I can't remember the name of but Stephanie Cole is fantastic she's an incredible still actress. is in Man Down when she yes. took over from Rick Mayall that was brilliant with Greg Davis the... which, is, which is rather big shoes to fill when you're trying to take over a comedy performance from but Rick she Mayall. different type of elderly character but she had the experience from Waiting for God my first introduction to her was probably Tenko. Yeah. A TV show I probably wasn't old enough to watch. Yeah. But this was the early 80s where you're just going, you're watching whatever your parents are yeah. watching. To wrap up, what shall we talk about next, Doctor Who-wise? Well, this isn't so much Doctor Who-wise. You were asked by one of our listeners about how do you go about recording a podcast and some advice. Would you have any advice for creating a podcast i'd say if you've got a passion for something just go ahead and do it there's expensive and inexpensive ways depending on your budget of doing these things nowadays um don't worry about how regularly you have to bring these things out you know we've had a bit of sort of feedback about why we've only having um this episode out after two months but we're both busy now we both have working lives um what I will say, people have wondered about this all this year, why I um, had a change of presenter on this podcast. To be honest, I was doing a podcast with someone who was a little bit fussy, a little bit too persistent, didn't seem to realise that I had a work in life. But I think if it's sort of a personality clash and you're feeling stresses yourself, I would still agree with my dad dying at the time, but that's not an excuse. No, um, it can be a bit of a bummer. Yeah, it can be, it can yeah. be. I was on Twitter, yes, and you know I said last time there are some seriously strange people on there Yeah, there was a tweet somebody asking what is the best microphone to use 
for recording a podcast. Yeah. So they sent them a link, a picture of what the best mic was to use. Yeah. And they blocked me. Wow. I didn't. I didn't even. It's not as though I wrote something offensive. I just went. Well, this is the most recommended um, microphone to use for a podcast. And then the next thing you know, it's like you have been blocked by this person. Yeah. That's amazing. It's not as. It's not as even as though I'd made fun or I'd said anything yeah. inappropriate. It was more of. Is there something wrong with you? Yeah, I mean, I would advice-wise, I would just say, realize relationships with people can change over time. You know, whether you're friends or whatever, and um, sometimes there'll be personality clashes. There will be egos in terms of these things. People might want to go in a different direction. They might want to uh, try and make money out of the podcast, although it's extremely difficult, and you have to get. I have a lot of listeners. Don't need to even think about getting any sponsorship I, or anything. I mean, I when I was reading about it you know just general general reading it said most most people won't think about sponsorship unless you have at least 10,000 listeners to make any sort of money out of this you have to have a minimum of about 25,000 listeners wow. and you have to do at least at minimum something like four podcasts a month yeah so if you've got if you've got a work You've got a working life. You've got a family. Yeah, you can't do this full time because something would have to give. And absolutely, and most of the bigger podcasts are part of sort of a collective group anyway, aren't they? Yeah, you know they're usually linked to certain media companies like the BBC doing their own offshoots or like Absolute Radio, like you said with Frank Show. Yeah, I'm glad you said Absolute Radio. I couldn't remember the name of no, but you know. Expecting to start from scratch and do that is is fair enough, but you've really got to have a plan of new, and you've really got to understand comprehension, understand English, understand editing, everything. There is so much that goes into it, and I realise I'm being very heavy on this now. But if you've got a passion for it, start it, see how it goes. Maybe just start with a few videos on YouTube. Uh, but um, I'd say if you're passionate about something, then go for it. But also as well, realise. Depending on what your passion is about, if it's oversaturated, I mean, we're doing another Star Wars podcast, and there is quite a few Star Wars podcasts, yes. but it's just something we can put out. We're not making money from it. It's just because we enjoyed listening. Personality online, you know, don't overdo the tweets. I mean, I've had guests in the past, um, largely a few times thanks to thanks to an old presenter, managing to uh, speak to various guests on Twitter or just happening to bump into them in public. You just be careful. There are boundaries, you know. Don't be too persistent with people. That can put people off. Yeah. I mean, you do have to build up a, a rapport and conversation. If you just go in too hard and just go, oh, I really loved your work. Can I have you as your guest on a yeah. podcast? It's, you're not going to get anywhere. No. No, these, the people that we're talking about, you know, Chris Chibnall, Jodie Whittaker, all of these people, is a possibility that one at one point in time we could. Yeah. But they've got really busy lives, far more busier than I was. I was is even though I mean, we've got, you know, we've got people. You know, my us. I might have said before, my relative has been best friends since their school days in Swansea with the sister of Russell T Davis, and I've dropped into her now and again. I'd love to speak to him on this podcast, you yeah. know. But he's he is such a busy man, you know. Yeah. Just you know, would he be willing to do it? You know, just even if we went out for a coffee with a microphone or something, you know, mm. just give us like his memories of target books perhaps you know i wouldn't expect you wouldn't expect and any more than that you know? can i have a three-hour interview well yeah. no I've got, i haven't got time for a three-hour interview but those are things um if you're looking towards getting guests and things those are things to consider but 
just as a podcast giving your thoughts there is always an audience of some people there is always an an audience for opinions and um if you get feedback if you get comments just don't take it on the chin it it's a bit of an echo chamber social media but there are good points to it as well as well as the bad yeah i mean and also and also with the with criticisms take those on board as well because even though maybe the majority of people like your stuff yeah there are going to be be people that don't like it yeah and they don't agree with you but that's perfectly fine are you going to say have you said what it's going to be called the new podcast no i haven't the new podcast will be called rebel chatter a star wars podcast awesome yes so what are we going to do get online and uh, sign that up for uh... I, I i will do I, I will that's already been done anyway and cut that out if you want to cut out the name of that in case no leave leave that in for the next episode would be perfect time to do episode one of the new series yeah we're going to look at an audiobook as well at all or? is there anything new out I haven't nothing if we just go through the doctors again if there's a heart or something if we go back to that now or yeah, we, we haven't do. done a Sylvester yeah we could do but or the next episode we could just do just about episode one yeah because we'll probably both see episode one won't we because yeah. it's on New Year's Day when I say episode one I mean Doctor Who season 12 episode one not go back and watch hey how do you think of the episode? I saw it when it came out in '99. <laughs> Have you been watching The Phantom Menace? Yes. What? Oh, not uh, Hartnell's first episode. <laughs> Have you seen the pilot? The pilot's very good because he's a much darker doctor. He's more like Eccleston. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gone back and watched the pilot episode, then I've watched the redone episode. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's very different. So, seeing as uh, we were two months waiting for this one, I can pretty much say this is our Christmas episode. So, uh, Merry Christmas, happy listeners, faithful listeners, and new we... listeners, and a happy new year to you. Yes, and we will see you in the new year with the new season. Doctor Who Target Files was hosted by Lee Farncombe and Michael Winks. 13th Doctor theme cover by Borna Matosic. Please do check out the YouTube channel, B-O-R-N-A. M-A-T-O-S-I-C You can contact Doctor Who Target Files on Twitter at DW Target Files handle or Instagram at Doctor Who The Target or leave a message on our Facebook page Doctor Who The Target Files Please do rate and review us on iTunes and thank you so much for listening.